Hey, this is Mark. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that after a couple of years of thinking about it and wanting to do it, I'm in a place where I'm ready to expand my practice to support couples. So if you're a person who is familiar with me, familiar with my work, and has confidence that I'd be able to help, and if you're in a place in your relationship where you could use some support, you may want to get in touch. I'm opening up some spots on Tuesday evenings, so that's got to be a fit for you if you'd like to get this kind of help. And if not, then don't worry, later I'm sure there will be other spots available. But if you already know me, like me, trust me, if you want some support in your relationship, and if you think you have time on Tuesday evenings, you can send me an email at mark at markbutler.com, and we'll talk about it. Now, as always, be warned that my email response time usually varies somewhere between 60 seconds and two weeks. So after you send the email, be patient. You will hear back from me. You'll either hear that I'm excited to talk with you or that the three spots that I've opened have already been uh, filled. But in either case, you will hear back from me sooner or later. Thanks for your patience in advance. I'm very excited to start helping couples. I think this is some of the most important work that any practitioner, any helper can do is to strengthen and support people in their relationships. So if that sounds like it could be a fit for you, get in touch, mark at markbutler.com. And with that, Let's see what's in this episode. Hey, I'm Mark, and this is the Beautiful Business Podcast, although I think I'm going to change the name to a podcast for coaches, and there are two reasons for that. One, I'm a branding genius, so if I think that a podcast should be called a podcast for coaches, then really that's the end of the discussion. But two, I want to call it a podcast for coaches because that's what it is. It's a podcast for coaches. And I actually kind of like the forced constraint or narrowing that that could come from that. Because if I call it a podcast for coaches, it'll probably be a small hedge against my tendency to get distracted, tendency to kind of get outside my lane or get outside the lane of the thing that I'm currently working on. Anyway. I'm Mark Butler, and you might be listening to a podcast called A Podcast for Coaches. So it was almost exactly a year ago to the day that I published the last episode of this podcast. And it was a wild year. I did a lot of coaching and had uh, a loved one, my, my wife, go through a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment. And very fortunately, she is on the other side of that now, or at least as much on the other side of it as a person can be. Uh, Many of you are way ahead of me in this experience of cancer, and you know that you don't get to say cancer-free. After a person goes into remission, you say they are in remission, and then somewhere between five and ten years later, if it works out that way, then you get to say cancer-free. Anyway, Kate went through cancer treatment. She came through it really well, and heart goes out to any of you who have had a similar experience because now that we've been through it, and frankly, I think that our our experience of it um, was not what a lot of families' experience of it was. Kate, of course, had a brutally difficult time with treatment, uh, but even then, you know, her prognosis was good from the beginning. So, heart goes out to any of you, any families whose prognosis was different or is different. Anyway. This episode is called 377 Sessions, $149,000, because that's 
the quickest summary of my coaching practice in 2023. And I wanted to kick off 2024 by talking about what I experienced and what I learned in my coaching practice in 2023 and how I feel about it and how I think it might look in the near and far future. So four topics I want to talk about today. Number one is the workload of a 377 session coaching practice. Number two are the relationships that are, are part of that practice that grew from that practice. Number three is the finances. What was the actual financial experience of a 377 session coaching practice? And last, we'll talk about the marketing and what I think it looks like to sustain and maybe grow a coaching practice like this. So first, let's talk about the workload. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I coach on average two days a week, three weeks a month. I coach Tuesdays and Wednesdays with some rare exceptions, and I coach the first, second, and third weeks of the month. So those 370 sessions were completed in roughly 36 weeks of the year, which means roughly I was doing about 11 coaching sessions per week, which averaging out is about five coaching sessions per coaching day throughout the year. Now, at the beginning of 2023, I was busier. I, I had as many as seven sessions per day on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And I've got to say, those were more tiring times. There were plenty of Tuesdays where I was scheduled to go nine o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon without even a lunch break. I do 50 minute sessions. So the intention would be that I'd finish a session, have a minute to sort of clear my head, use the bathroom, grab a snack, whatever I need to do, and then jump on the next session. And after a month or two of that, I realized I, I don't think this is sustainable. I think I do much, much better with sort of a, a three-session morning and, and a three-session afternoon, or even a three and two, and that feels very, very good, very sustainable to me. I don't schedule coaching on Mondays, Thursdays, or Fridays for the most part. Those are the days when I run my bookkeeping service at letsdothebooks.com the bookkeeping service for coaches. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my coaching days. And as the year progressed and my coaching load lightened a little, I found that I really, really look forward to my coaching days. It's a very different kind of work. In my bookkeeping business, I do a lot of software development. And so it's a big context switch to go from my bookkeeping work over to my coaching work. I'm really grateful that I enjoy them both. And so that's interesting to me. One of the biggest takeaways for me is how important batching seems to be to my, to my way of working. I don't think I would do well with, say, two sessions a day, five days a week, or I wouldn't do as well. I think that it would be a harder switch if I were to, say, be working hard on my bookkeeping business from you know, eight in the morning to three in the afternoon and then do co two coaching sessions or even to do two coaching sessions in the morning and do bookkeeping for the rest of the day. I haven't run the experiment, but for me, batching feels really good. Part of the reason batching to Tuesdays and Wednesdays feels good and to batching to the first three weeks of the month is because it creates a lot of white space. It feels extremely sustainable. I look forward on Monday nights. I'm able to look forward to my Tuesday coaching sessions on Wednesdays. 
I'm happy to be having my sort of coaching Friday, if that makes sense. I have a, a great client and she knows that she's usually my last session on Wednesday. And as we finish our session, she very often says, have a great weekend because she knows that my coaching weekend is starting. It feels great. I used to think that coaching was an easy way to make money. In fact, I thought it's such a cheat to make the amount of money as coaches that we do because coaching is, you know, it's easy. Well, 377 sessions isn't even that many sessions. I know coaches who coach much more than my average of 10 hours a week, much more. For me, anything beyond that 10 or 12 hours a week starts to feel like a much heavier lift. And it starts, for me, it starts to call into question whether I could do it or would want to do it for the long term. So the way I'm currently operating, I could see myself coaching at this pace forever. I'm 44 years old now. I could see myself as an 84-year-old waking up on a Tuesday morning and saying, yeah, I've got my six sessions today. It just, it's a very good rhythm. Talk a little bit, maybe more about this later, but I think that developing a healthy coaching practice can potentially flip the whole concept of retirement on its head because if I can make the living that I'll describe later in the episode working two days a week, well, how different is that from being retired, especially since the work that I'm doing has a lot of meaning for me, has a lot of uh, intrinsic value to me. So this is why I think I've said before, and I will say again, I encourage my fellow coaches to work in the way they hope to succeed for the long term. Now, I do think there's a benefit to getting too busy for a period of time. I think it stretches you. I think it builds your muscle. There's a lot of good that can come from getting too busy for a short period of time. But the goal in my mind is to then settle in to a nice, sustainable rhythm. Unfortunately, and I've talked about this before, I know I will talk about it again, Unfortunately, I think what happens is coaches let themselves get into that too busy phase, and then they think the only way out of that too busy phase is to change their business model, to go from a one-to-one model to a one-to-many model, or from a coaching model to a training model, according to my definitions, which I've shared in past episodes. It's not that that's wrong, although I do think there are some hidden costs there. What I encourage people to consider is let yourself get pretty busy And then look for sustainability inside the current model. Because my current coaching life, now that I'm building the muscle and the stamina to pretty comfortably, pretty easily, pretty happily do an average of 10 or 12 sessions over the course of two days, it is starting to feel easy. And I have to ask myself, do I want to go from having something that feels really good really value-added in my life and in the lives of my clients and feels pretty easy to something that feels hard without necessarily a big change in the benefit to me or to my clients. So something to think about when it comes to the workload is, am I working in a way that I want to sustain or am I working in a way that feels like in order for it to be successful long-term, I will have to change it? I think I found a groove where it could be exactly what it is, 
for the long term. And that's very interesting to me. It's especially interesting to me to think about the possibility that someday maybe I will sell my bookkeeping business, or maybe I will build a team that runs the bookkeeping business without me. And in that case, now I am kind of functionally retired with my coaching practice. I'm working my two days a week, my three weeks a month, and the rest of the time I'm doing what I want to do. Now, the reality is I probably wouldn't change my other days that much, but it's nice to know that you have options. So the workload feels amazing to me. The business model feels amazing to me and the relationships feel amazing to me. So let's talk about those. I probably served 20-ish clients in 2023. Talk more about that in the marketing section. The thing that has surprised me is what an affinity I feel for my coaching clients. I'm invested. Now, I'm not invested in an enmeshed way where I'm laying awake at night, losing sleep over whether they're going to do this or do that. Although I definitely did go through that phase in my coaching practice back in probably 2015, 2016. At this point, it's, it's this very differentiated affinity, this differentiated investment that I feel in my clients where I do think about my clients outside of our sessions. I pull for my clients. I hope for them. And I care about them. And I care about the friendships. I care about the friendships that, that exist outside of our coaching sessions. Uh, I really believe in long-term coaching. I really believe in the power of spending dozens of hours and beyond with a single client. I've experienced it as a client working with my own coach or therapist. And now I'm experiencing it as a coach where we are having sometimes dozens and dozens of conversations. And what it does is it opens the door to two things in my mind. Number one, it opens the door to seeing patterns that you're then able to show your client. Now, you might have had an instinct about those patterns early in the relationship, but as time goes by, sessions go by, and trust and rapport build, your client finds it easier to trust the insights that you're sharing because they don't think you're just dropping in, you know, sort of parachuting into their life, dropping opinions on them, and then bailing. I've had experiences now where I, I can say to a client in our 34th session, look, I think this thing is just like those things. I think this is all part of a similar pattern. Does that resonate with you? And sometimes it does resonate with them. I also think that as a coach who works with a client for the long term, I'm able to celebrate things that they might not even notice. I'm able to draw attention to wins that they probably think are too small to celebrate. And this is the reality of experiencing change in our own lives. Because we're living our lives, it's hard to notice changes that are happening in our lives, especially as they come slowly. But if I'm working with a coach for the long term, the coach can say, and actually this happened a couple of months ago, it's vivid in my mind, where I was able to say to a client who was sharing some experiences with me, I was able to show that client contrast. Hey, Notice how you used to react this way to that kind of situation, but now you're reacting that way. Notice how you used to feel this way about that kind of situation, and now you feel that way. I'm also able to say things to clients, you know, because we're meeting on Zoom and I can see them, hey, you are physically different in my eyes today. You just look different. You look lighter. You look 
happier. Something is going on. Tell me what's going on. And then we can explore that. It's not that that can't happen in a short-term coaching engagement, but I think it's less likely to happen in a short-term coaching engagement. Another thing that I experienced recently was the opportunity to tell a client that I was wrong in some of my early assessments. This happened literally yesterday. I said to a client, hey, do you remember that thing I said to you, whatever, a year ago? And I was putting you in, in a certain kind of box. And she said, yeah, of course I remember it. I said, I was wrong. I don't think that's what's going on here. And I'm sorry. I don't think that's what's going on here. I think it's something different. When you're in a long-term coaching relationship like that, you have the opportunity to come back and say, yeah, that was a guess. That was a hypothesis. With more data, I'm coming to the conclusion that I was not right about that. Here's what I'm seeing instead. So it's this amazing collaboration where the client has a chance to reveal themselves to you and to themselves over the long term, learn from it and grow from it. These relationships mean the world to me. I look forward to continuing in many of these relationships because my clients do have a tendency to renew. And I love it. I'm grateful for it. It has marketing and business benefits that we'll talk about in a second, but it also has amazing relationship benefits where over the long term, you can come to deeply know a person and to help them know themselves. And I think only good things come from that. So that's the state of the relationships that came out of this 377 sessions in a year practice. About the money. I did go look it up and my coaching work generated $149,000 and change in 2023. That's higher than I thought it would be. I wasn't paying very close attention throughout the year, ironically, because I'm the bookkeeping guy. But it ended up being about $149,000. That's an amazing amount of money. Going back to what I said earlier about the possibility that if my bookkeeping business were eventually to be sold, which I don't think is the more likely outcome, what's more likely is probably that the bookkeeping business will be run by a team and my main focus will be supporting them and developing the tools there but mostly coaching my clients and creating content. When I think about having my, my only intensive work days be Tuesdays and Wednesdays, three weeks a month, and having that translate into an income stream of $150,000 per year, or, you know, maybe I can grow that. That's incredible. The coaching industry has its quirks. And one of its quirks is I don't think that a lot of people consider $150,000 in a year to be a lot of money. I think they consider it sort of middle of the road. I think in the coaching industry, we're all very anchored to very big numbers. I think there's some benefits there because it can expand our vision. And of course, that can be powerful. Also, if you go to anyone in your life, almost anyone in your life, and say, I work two days a week, three weeks a month, and from that I generate $150,000. Who's not going to be shocked by that? I think it's shocking. I think it's an incredible outcome. I think it's an incredible outcome that's available to thousands of, I mean, so many coaches. I'm working with 20 clients. I'm mostly at capacity. I've got some room. I, I plan to sign, I hope to sign some clients in the next few months. 
But if I can do this, I think thousands of other coaches can, can do this. For me, that's a very exciting result. I'm proud of it. I enjoy it. $150,000 does not cover my family's lifestyle. So at this point, I do need other revenue to support this lifestyle. But I do find myself thinking about, well, okay, how does this $150,000 become $300,000? I'm not especially goal-oriented, and I don't really you know, buckle down and say it's three hundred or die this year. It's not how I really function. Also, I'm not sure that's the healthiest way to function. I've been coaching, you know, I've really been in my in my coaching business since 2014 now. That's that's really where the coaching business kind of solidified and became a thing and started to support my family. Between my money work, bookkeeping, CFOing, and coaching, a decade now is where I am. And I think that there's a lot of hidden cost to trying to grow your income too quickly. I think that it has some big psychological cost. I think it has some big emotional cost. It, of course, has big benefit as well. But I think the cost gets ignored. So when I think about my 150 and how it might become 300, that does sound really great to me. But I don't intend to make that transition quickly. I intend to allow it to happen naturally. It would, of course, happen through some combination of more sessions at the same price, the same sessions at a higher price, or the introduction of other business models. This podcast might give the impression that I'm opposed to training business models, but I'm not. I, I, have, a, I have an ongoing vision or fantasy for selling a very expensive training program. Very expensive. Because I think there can be incredible value in those too. The reason I haven't offered it yet is because it doesn't exist. I have not gotten to total clarity in my mind where I could sit in front of a prospect and say, I am 100% confident that you will be glad you paid me that amount of money for this experience. But I promise you, as soon as I do feel that, that program will exist and I'll sell it so enthusiastically. So that can be a way to grow the income stream and also bring some leverage into the income stream if it's done thoughtfully, if it's done with care. So that's the finances. Let's talk about marketing. At the beginning of the episode, I think I said that the last time I published on this podcast was almost a year ago to the day. In the meantime, I have been very consistently participating in my other podcast, which is called Beginning Balance, which I do with my very close friend, Jesse Meekum, who's the founder of YNAB, the software company. Beginning Balance is the most consistent thing I've ever done in content creation in 15 years of content creation, because I really started content creation in about 2008. But this podcast did not get published since late January, 2023. I don't think I sent any newsletters in 2023. If I did, it was a very small handful. And I didn't make any social media posts. And as I was prepping for this episode and acknowledging to myself that I published almost zero content in 2023, I had a few emotions. One emotion was surprise. I feel to a certain degree validated and vindicated because I have said in the past, when it comes to a one-on-one -on -one coaching practice, you don't have to think about a content creation at the same 
rate or, or volume as someone who's in a training business, someone who's selling courses or group coaching or memberships. I published almost no content in 2023 and I made $150,000. Now, how did I do that? Well, because of the relationships I'd been building over the previous decade. I don't mean to make it sound like an overnight thing. The point that I'm trying to make is the 150,000 happened in 2023 without content creation. I feel that some of the things I've said in past episodes are validated by that, where the job is actually to go build relationships, connect with people, and where appropriate, offer coaching or honestly wait for people to ask for coaching because that happens too. That's pretty wild. So one emotion about my lack of content publishing in 2023 was surprise. Another one was actually guilt. Now people get, especially in, you know, these modern times in 2024, people get very weird about the word guilt and how, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty. No, I think guilt is appropriate in some scenarios. When you, when you feel deep down that there was a right thing to do and that you either didn't do it or you did the opposite, that's a case where guilt is the appropriate emotion. And I have this sense that a person, maybe one, but a person could benefit from me talking into this microphone. And I have some evidence that that's true. And so when I think about the ability to transfer some experience, maybe help a person shift their thinking or their emotional state just by talking into this microphone, and I think about that I don't do it, yeah, I feel guilt, and I think that guilt is appropriate. And I think the, res- the appropriate response to guilt is uh, a decision to, to change and to be better. Content creation is a, is a puzzle to me. It is strange to me how I don't seem to be able to crack the formula for talking into this microphone by myself on a regular basis. I think that's weird. I do think I have at least a partial solution. Beginning Balance, the podcast I talked about earlier, that that consistency, it's been running since 2021. It has almost 100 episodes, I think. I don't really check or pay that much attention. The consistency there is built on the fact that one of my very best friends in the world and I have a calendar appointment. And during that calendar appointment, we record a podcast. We miss often, like we flake. We're scheduled to meet every week. We probably cancel 30 or 40% of those appointments. One of us will cancel. He no-showed today. I'm going to send him a text that say, hey, back in my day, a man's calendar RSVP was his bond. But we recorded two last week. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Trust me, no one in the world is going to be less annoyed by a person flaking for an appointment than I am. But it's been so consistent because I've had a collaborator. And so I am thinking about this podcast, tentatively named a podcast for coaches, and how maybe it requires collaboration in order to thrive. Another thing that will help is that many of my clients have been using this forever, and I'm just late to the party, but a good friend of mine, Josh, told me to check out this software, Descript. Holy moly, I have not been more impressed with a piece of software in probably the last 10 years. The friction that Descript removes from content production is mind-blowing to me. 
And I think that's going to help me be more consistent here. So I do have every intention of pushing publish more often in 2024 and beyond. Partly because I do think it will keep my relationships fresh. And fresh, healthy relationships contribute to a thriving coaching practice. And partly because I believe it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to share an experience that could be helpful to one other person. And I don't care if it's only helpful to one other person. That's leverage enough for me. Yeah, I think that's it. There's some nuts and bolts about, you know, marketing and running the practice that I will talk about in in upcoming episodes. I have an episode coming up that I've already recorded a draft and I think I'll re-record it about marketing coaching and how I really think it boils down to how we need to be interested in our clients and their problems. We need to be interesting to our clients and then we need to connect and share and converse. That episode's coming up in a couple of weeks. I've got an episode coming up about how coaches are making money and how I think it's weird that we even have to say that because of course coaches are making money. And yeah, that's where we are. Thanks for tuning in. My intention is to have an every other week publish schedule. So a couple of times a month. Enjoy your coaching practice. What an incredible way to make a living. I'm blown away by it. Talk to you next time.